Today, I answer some questions about polarized ranges, transitioning from live to online poker, and the PFR VPIP ratio. Welcome to Smart Poker Study. I'm your host, Sky Matsuhashi, and I want to thank you for spending a little time with me today. Some of your study time, maybe you're taking, uh, listening to this while you're taking your dogs for a walk, doing the dishes, uh, maybe you're even playing some poker and, you know, trying to learn on the side, right? However you're consuming this, thank you very much. I really do appreciate it. For all you first-time people, yokoso! That means welcome in Japanese. And if you're back for more, welcome back, Jack. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, this, ep- this show really grows by word of mouth. So if you enjoy this episode, if you learn something from it, please share it with a friend. Just send them to the show notes page, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod 296. That's the episode number pod 296. Okay, let's answer some questions. Gambate. This is damn exciting stuff. This first question comes to us from Senk, and it's about polarized ranges. He says, Hello, Sky. I just wanted to ask if you have ever done a podcast episode on polarized ranges. I'm a bit confused about this concept after reading some articles. I was under the impression that polarized ranges was more of a pre-flopped concept, but uh, some articles refer to it even in post-flop. Much appreciated in advance. And uh, I appreciate, or appreciate, I appreciate your question, Senk. So, Polarized ranges, that means you do one thing with two different ends of your ranges, the strongest hands and the weakest hands. And I really only think about polarized ranges when it comes to pre-flop hand selection, and normally just with three betting or higher. So if you raise with a polarized range, that means you're using your strongest hands and your weakest hands that are outside of your calling range. So Like, for example, if somebody open raises and you normally call with, let's say, ace-jack suited through ace-six suited, that means you, you know, you three-bet with the ace-queen suited and the ace-king suited, the strongest ones, but you might also three-bet as a bluff with the weakest aces, ace-five through ace-deuce suited as well. For post-flop, I don't, I no longer think about polarized ranges. I revert all of my thinking when it comes to ranges, I think in terms of hand strengths. So I'm thinking about what I'm doing or or what my opponents do with their straights, their flushes, their one pair hands, their total misses and stuff. And I make plays based on my hand strength and what I think my opponent is doing. Now, you can think of post-flop plays made with, you know, the strongest hands and the weakest hands. Like, oh, he raised me right now. He's only raising with his flushes or his complete bluffs. Well, yeah, that's possible. That's a polarized range, but I just never think of it that way, right? I think, oh, my opponent just raised me. He could raise with the nuts, but also with a lot of bluffs. So how am I going to counter this? Am I going to stay in? Whatever it might be. But I never think in my mind polarized. But I guess maybe that's what those articles that you're talking about. Uh, maybe that's what they're uh, referencing. All right, question two to us comes uh, from Ed Colwell. It's about transitioning from live to online poker. He said, I've got questions about the basics. I'm primarily a live player, so my questions are about how to get started with online play. And he asked four different questions. So I'm going to read one question, then give you my answer. Then question two, answer three, answer four, answer like that. So question one is, what's a good site to play on? So, Ed, I play on ACR, America's Card Room, all the time. And for people who, like me, live in the United States, we don't really have regulated p- online poker unless you live in New Jersey or Calif- uh, Nevada, just a few different uh, states. There's 
only one site that I recommend, and that's America's Card Room. They have a really good track record. Super quick payouts, especially if you do your deposits and withdrawals with Bitcoin. Um, they also have tons of cash games. They have fast fold games. They have lots of tournaments, sit and goes and stuff. They actually have their online OSS, online super series of tournaments going on right now as well. And like I said before, using Bitcoin, it's super easy to deposit. And if you start account, start an account by going to smartpokerstudy.com slash ACR, uh, go there, click the link, download the program, start your account. When you do, use offer code SPSPOD, that's six letters, SPSPOD, and you can get 27% rake back. And rake back saves you a ton of money. So for somebody who is making the transition to online, you've got to, or anybody just playing online poker, if you can get rake back, you've got to. So for every dollar they collect, they're going to give you 27 cents back. And it might not sound like a lot, but it actually does it adds up quickly, especially if you play a, a, a heck of a lot or if you play in highest stakes too, you know. And earlier I mentioned America's Card Room has the OSS, uh, the Online Super Series, and it's a great series. And it's going on right now from June 14th through the 28th. And I'm probably going to play in one or two, like 11 or $20 tournaments this weekend. And there's actually $15 million in total prize pools, like guaranteed prize pools as well. They have 150 different events. They have three $1 million main events. I mean, it's, it's a crazy good tournament series, especially for players who just don't have any kind of regulated poker like me and Kelly. California, right? Um, they also have No Limit Hold'em, PLO uh, 08 or PLO 8 as well. And they have all different kinds of structures, regular turbo, hyper turbo. I prefer turbo myself uh, for my tournaments. I never play regular tournaments. I just cannot sit there for 11 or 12 hours. I'd rather sit there between three or four hours, make the money, and then probably get out before five, you know, unless I make it to the final table, then it's a seven hour day. But anyway, yeah. So America's Card Room, I recommend for you, Ed. Now, Ed's second question, what's a good level to play? Five cent, 10 cent, or something else? Now, I recommend playing at 5NL. That's the two cent, five cent tables. Play there at a minimum. I don't recommend one cent, two cent. Two cent, five cent is where players start to... Uh, of course, you want as many bad players as you can, but at 2NL, you get tons of multi-way pots, and multi-ways are just harder to win. At the $5 buy-ins, $0.02, cent, $0.05 cent games, uh, your opponents are a little bit smarter. They're playing a little bit better. You get less multi-way pots, which when you're heads up or just playing against two players, it's so much easier to get value out of your hands, so much better or easier to read the situation, so much easier to bluff your opponents as well. So if you can devote 40 buy-ins at $5, that's a $200 stake, I recommend 5NL. But if you have like $400, that's 40 buy-ins at 10NL, I recommend you play there first, actually. Um, but even if you have $1,000 in your bankroll, I don't recommend starting off at 25NL. That's like 10 cent, 25 cent, because there's so many more regs and winning players there. Start at the 10NL or the 5NL. Get your feet wet. Understand how players play online. Understand how strategy is different. I mean, I don't know, Ed, what you play live, but let's say you're a $1, $3 no limit or $1, $2. A lot of your opponents are going to be just the same, some strong, some weak opponents at 5NL and 10NL. So that's what I recommend. All right. Ed's third question was, I need to get and learn Poker Tracker 4. What's the best way to get and learn the basics? All right, of course, uh... Poker Tracker 4 is the number one poker tracking software. If you play on ACR, they allow it. They allow the HUD. Uh, I just absolutely love it. It'll save all of your hands for you so that you can go through and review. I mean, poker. I've talked about 
so much about Poker Tracker 4 in the past. The easiest way to get it is get it through me, my affiliate link, and it gives me a little bit of a kickback. So go to smartpokerstudy.com slash poker tracker four. Once you make your purchase, email me your um uh confirmation. Uh, email confirmation, your purchase receipt, send that to sky at thepokerforge.com and I will send you my smart HUD in thanks. And you had asked uh, also how to learn Poker Tracker 4. Your fourth question at the same time was any other advice you could pass on would be greatly appreciated. Well, all that advice that I just now gave you, I think that's what you need. But you also wanted to know how to learn Poker Tracker 4. This is this is important. You can go to my YouTube playlist of Poker Tracker 4 videos, and you can find it through the show notes page for today. Just hit a video uh, that sounds good, whatever the title might be. Click play, start watching it. But make sure you follow along with Poker Tracker 4 at the same time, because repeating what you see me do is how you're going to more quickly and easily learn Poker Tracker 4. And the second thing you need to do every day, Ed, is use Poker Tracker 4 to review your prior day's hands. So you played a session yesterday for an hour. Maybe you fit in 150 hands during that session. Great. Go through and look at, just start looking at your hands. Look at your biggest losses. Look at your biggest winning hands. Look at hands where you called bets on the turn and river and lost. Look at hands where you called the flop, you called the turn, then you folded on the river. I mean, there's so many ways to go through your hands. You're going to have to just start reviewing right now. The more you review, the more like ideas on reviewing will come to you. You're going to find mistakes. You're going to start learning from your mistakes. And that's how I learned Poker Tracker 4. I just forced myself every day to go through and look at my prior day's uh, uh, hands. All right, question three comes to us from Matt, and it's about learning from poker apps. Here's what he says. Hey, Sky, I've been listening to your podcast for a few months now, and it's helped me realize how incompetent I am. So thanks. <laughs> yeah, we're all incompetent in the beginning for sure. Now, I've heard you talk about HUDs a lot, and I'm wondering if you have any advice for novice serious players who play exclusively on phone apps. Are you aware of any HUDs that I can use with poker apps? Thank you very much for the question, Matt. And I'm sorry, I don't play on poker apps, right? I, I play on my laptop computer, so I'm on just regular computer play, right? I don't use apps. I don't use my phone hardly for anything other than email or texting. But, and so I don't know anything about poker tracking software either. I'm sure you can Google it and find some answers. But I do have three recommendations for you to learn from hands that you play on your phone. The first is to use a smartphone screen capture software. I'm sure you can go to the Play Store or the iTunes Store or whatever, or I whatever the Apple Store is, and you could probably just search for screen capture software. Download one, turn it on, so as you play, it's recording everything that happens on your screen. And I'm sure uh, uh, that's going to be saved to your phone's hard drive, or maybe it's saved to the cloud. I guess it probably depends on the screen capture software app that you use. But the second recommendation, once you have this recorded, spend 30 minutes every day watching the prior day's game tape. Now, if you record for an hour and a half as you play, I'm not saying go through and watch the full hour and a half. Just pick a random point. Or maybe if you remember at 15 minutes in, two big hands happened. Start watching at 15 minutes in, right? Uh, you want to look for showdown hands. You're replaying the action. You want to help or you want to use the replayer or... You want to use your time replaying the hands to help you understand the logic your opponents use as they play. 
And now as you're doing this, take detailed player notes like in a journal, right? Like let's imagine you're playing on your phone app, your tablet app at your desk. Have a piece of paper out in front of you or you're watching your game tape. Have a piece of paper out in front of you. So when you see like Bobby McGee 44, maybe he open limps under the gun. Then he calls a six big blind raise and you see at showdown it's Jack five suited. You know he limped. He called a raise. Jack five suited. Total fish, right? Well, make a note of this in your poker journal. Something like Bobby McGee, total fish, open limp and call, out of position with Jack-5 suited. Don't bluff him, only value bet big because he's a mega fish. You want to make these kinds of notes so that when you play against him in the future, you can look up your player notes and make a plan to exploit him and any other notes that you have on other players. All right, the final question today comes to us from Dianogos, and it's about the PFR VPIP ratio. Uh, he left a comment on a YouTube video called How to Make Your Poker Tracker 4 Statistics Report More Useful. And I created this video like a month or two ago. And he said in his comment, Love ya, man! Can you explain the PFR VPIP ratio stat that you have? If I understand what I'm seeing, you never call the raise from the button, the cutoff, or the middle position? Are you playing either raise or fold? What's a good or bad ratio to have? Now, in this video, I showed the Poker Tracker 4 statistics report. I was making adjustments to it, but of course, while you're looking at it, you're seeing my results. And he noticed how my call preflop 2-bet was zero in the MP, the cutoff, and the button. And uh, yes, since April 1st, I have not made a single call from the MP, the cutoff, or the button. And the reason why is I'm testing out a whole three better fold strategy and I'm seeing how I like it. And so far, I'm in three months of doing this and I freaking love it. It is so good. Uh, because I'm calling less, I'm facing less C bets. I'm also making more three bets because I'm not allowing myself to call. And poker is so much easier when you stop calling. Even when you call on the button, it's so much easier. Instead of calling and facing a three bet later on or calling in the button and the small blind and the big blind call, now you're four way to the flop, calling out of the MP, the cutoff, the button, the small blind, the big blind, all call, there's now six of you to the flop, right? So much more difficult when you're calling. Um, the only pre-flop spot that I'm calling, the two of them, I call sometimes when I raise and then I face a three bet. So if my hand is ahead of their range or I see a good way to to exploit them later on, I'll call the three bet. Or I'm calling in good situations from the blinds. And before I call out of the blinds, I realize the spot that I'm in. You know, So before I call out of the small blind, I think to myself, if I call here, the big blind might call. That means we're going to go three way and I'm out of position on the flop. Do I want to see that flop with this hand? If the answer is yes, I'll make the call. But if the answer is no, like if calling out of the small blind, let's say it's queen 10 suited, a totally fine hand to call out of the small blind occasionally. What if the uh, wh what if the uh, MP opened, the cutoff called, the button called? Now, if I called, the big blind's probably going to call as well, or I give them a really good spot to three bet squeeze four players, right? But anyway, if I call, I'll have to fold to a four bet. Or if I call and the big blind calls, we now have five players to the flop. I'm out of position with a queen 10 suited. If you think that's a positive EV money making situation to be in, go ahead and make the call. But for me, there's no way. Whatever money I'm putting in pre-flop to call with queen 10 suited against four other players, just kiss that money goodbye. That's a losing spot. So I'll make that fold instead. 
Now, <laughs> I went a long way uh, around that right there, talking about my own current strategies. But for the PFRV-PIP ratio, so getting back to Dianogo's question, that ratio, Poker Tracker 4 defines it as the ratio of how often a player raises preflop to how often he puts money in uh, money in preflop. So the lower this is, the more passive the player is. That means they make more calls than raises. So for example, a very fishy player, if they V-pipped 10 hands, but they only raised 2 out of the 10, then their PFR V-pip ratio would be 2 divided by 10 or 20%. That means the other remaining 80%, they're a passive player. And this just indicates a super passive player like your basic fish, right? Now, I recommend your PFR V-pip to be higher definitely higher than 60%. Uh, and the reason why is basically aggressive poker's winning poker. Passive poker, that's hopeful losing poker. So I think a good PFR VPIP ratio is around 75% or higher. Now this would mean that out of every four times you put money in the pot, you're doing it as the raiser three times. Challenge! Here's my challenge to you for this episode. I imagine that one of these questions and answers, it struck a chord with you. Whichever one it was, take action on the answer that I gave in your next study or play session. I want you to work to make yourself 1% better every single day. And I guarantee one of these four questions should help you do that. Now it's your turn to take action and dippy-dippy-do something positive for your poker game. Oh, that's it now. Get out there and be somebody. Alrighty, poker peeps, your learning is not complete until you visit smartpokerstudy.com slash pod 296. And your friends need to know about this episode. Please send them there as well. Smartpokerstudy.com slash pod 296. You get a transcript of today's episode and links to everything I discussed, as well as links to see or to get um, uh, America's Card Room to download it. Use the SPS pod uh, poker code, all that jazz. If you're down with taking action to improve your skills and your poker bankroll, you must become a member of thepokerforge.com. I'm currently in the process of turning all of my prior monthly workshops into full-on courses. So I'm adding tons of videos. Actually, just uh, on Monday of this week, I added three brand new videos. I updated all of my other videos within the Profitable CBETS course. Now that is a banging course with 30 full days of activities for you to take to improve your CBETting skills. Alrighty, in next week's episode, I'm going to help you create a custom post-flop pop-up. So until then, take action both on and off the felt to become the player that you want to be.